0: Trademarks owned by Becklass AB to C V 2024 Proximo Jersey City,
1: New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Hello and welcome to the sixth annual Anakin Florian podcast awards, the most coveted awards in all of MMA, probably, and now here are Uh
0: your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, it's so good. We are running hot this morning. Kenny and I just heard that special open for the first time, and man, do we love it from the maestro Cody Merrow. Good to be back with you. Happy New Year. It is Sunday, January third. The year is two thousand twenty-one, and with that, we do welcome you to the sixth annual Anik and Florian Podcast Awards, as we will honor the UFC's finest performers and performances in two thousand twenty. So, if this show was around in two thousand eight, Kenny Florian would have been nominated for Male Fighter of the Year. Big year for Ken Flo. <laughs> I actually was researching it last night. Three and zero, oh, two finishes. It's a big year, kid. Big fucking year. A bad- a little.
2: Abs- absolutely. Uh, I just lo- I just love the fact that this is the most important award show. Probably. Uh, probably. I think that Probably. Cody said. Pretty it best. Yeah, I pretty
0: important. It. When we get to male fighter of the year, though, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation because we put out a poll question to let our viewers and listeners determine their male fighter of the year. And I'll tell you, it was a two-man race, Davis and Figueredo, and then Kevin Holland in a landslide. So we're going to talk about cases for and against a lot of fighters for Male Fighter of the Year. Um, but I was interested to uh, to see some of the feedback and, and to see just what type of groundswell of support there is out there for, uh, for Big Mouth Kevin Holland. Um, before we get started, Ken Flo, uh, as much as I would rather... Uh, people tell their friends and, and family about the Anakin Florian Podcast YouTube channel. There is a new YouTube channel out there. It's Ken Flo's Instructional Videos. I've been watching, kid, the framing videos, the ground and pound, like, you know, I mean, I'm trying to drive people to our Anakin Florian Podcast YouTube channel, but I find myself clicking on your individual YouTube channel. Pretty often. Yeah. You're the man, dude. Thank
2: you so much. Uh your your brother even can, can, you know stopped by the, the Instagram page to That's, give me some yeah. props. So thank thank you. Uh, but uh no, you know, I've been trying to uh, you know put together some information for the jiu-jitsu and the mixed martial arts fans out there. Um, You know, whether you're a fighter or fan or a practitioner and a hobbyist, whatever it is, uh, just trying to give some information and and, and kind of do it in a little bit of a different way than most people. And and uh, it's been great, man. The feedback's been cool. And and, uh, I'm looking forward to adding a lot more material
0: to it. I appreciate your ability to simplify it and uh, I'm pretty forgetful at times, right? I will understand a Kimura sweep and then I will forget the progressions to go through it. But I do just think instructionally, you're, you're a tremendous teacher and you have a great way of laying out all this information. I would encourage commentators uh, and and MMA fans to check it out because even a guy like me who, uh, who has sat in that seat for nine years, Octagon side, uh, there is tremendous value and benefit for me as a broadcaster moving forward. But, we got to move on because we got 15 awards to hand out today. Only real rule is that Kenny and I have to pick different winners. We also have the poll results, of course, from our male fighter of the year. That's coming up in about 30 minutes or so. But let us begin the festivities, Ken Flo, unless I'm forgetting something. We will start with the team of the year for 2020. And for me, it's City Kickboxing. Honorable mention. To my guys at MMA Masters who just don't get the national or international recognition they deserve, Cesar Carnero, Daniel Valverde. They got Colby Covington in Miami now, of course, and, and Jorge Masvidal has creeped back in there. Caramel Thunder, Miguel Baeza is streaking as well. Team of the year for me, though, City Kickboxing, Auckland, New Zealand. Eugene Behrman, not the only elite coach down there, there are a lot of names that don't get the shine that he does, but they have created a serious championship culture that is now the standard setter in the sport. There are eight male UFC champions right now, Canflo, and 25% of them train under that roof. I could have given Israel Adesanya my fighter of the year award. Instead, I'm just going to acknowledge the entire group here. Alexander Volkanovsky as well. Brad Quake Riddell, probably the best lightweight you haven't heard of. I think he'll be ranked by this time next year for sure. City kickboxing, my 2020 team of the year. Of course, we both could have gone in a number of different directions. Ken Flo, who's your team of the year? Uh,
2: you know, I went with the American Top Team. Uh, obviously, this is a powerhouse Um that has uh, been around for a very long time they've been producing uh you know from champions and top contenders for a long time uh you know the wealth of knowledge in that gym i think is very impressive uh when you're talking about all the different ranges of coaches from the elite wrestling guys to the striking to the jujitsu of course and uh, obviously dan lambert has has been putting a lot of time money uh, into that gym for a long time. The facilities are top-notch, and and you can see it in the way that the uh, the fighters are performing now. Just uh, a, a lot of uh, big names and uh, top-level talent, and I'm I'm sure
0: that's going to be the case for a long time. And you set up the team well. Like, can you imagine what? Dan Lambert's coaching payroll is per year with all of those big names under that banner. And you got to think a lot of those guys, even from a salary standpoint, are making north of six figures, well into six figures, in addition to bonuses and everything else. But you talk about creating a culture, Uh, the general manager, whatever his title is, Dan Lambert, American Top Team. Oftentimes, you see annually they get acknowledgement just for the consistency down there. It's about 10 minutes down the road, actually, uh, from where I live here in South Florida. All right, our teams of the year, City Kickboxing and American in top team. All right, Rookie of the Year, again, only stipulation here is that this fighter must have made his or her UFC debut in 2020, and with that, we will start with Kenny Florian's 2020 Rookie of the Year.
1: Kenny Florian's 2020 Rookie of the Year, Hamzat Shimaev. Oh!
0: I can do 10 fights one day. Middleweight or welterweight? Both.
2: Why this kid? I don't understand. I want to fight with everybody. Let's go. Let's fight. Why are you doing? Why, why are you in this sport why, if you don't fight? You have to fight every day. If you like that, really. I like that. I can fight every day. I said that to Donna White with him. I mean, Kevin Holland's on your list now as well.
3: Who is this guy? I don't know this guy.
0: UFC fight pass for the audio there Kent Folkhamsat Shimayev, your 2020 rookie of the year quite a case he has that's right brother that's <laughs> right rookie of the year brother
2: uh he's he's Man, he, he is so unique in that not only has he come in and dominated the competition, but he said he was going to go out there and dominate the competition. And this is a rookie. This isn't a guy who's been fighting that long, uh, you know, let alone been in the UFC for a year or two. This is a guy who immediately came to the UFC with a lot of confidence and a lot of skill. Uh, and he's done it in different ways, right? He went out there, uh, dominated with his wrestling Uh, He's then dominated with his striking. Uh, This is a guy who was going to be a problem for anyone at 185 pounds uh, and possibly anyone at 170 pounds uh, if he gets down there. So uh, I'm really curious to see just kind of where he situates himself in the UFC. I I imagine it's probably going to be at 185 pounds. I had thought that he was a little bit smaller, and you're like, no, dude, he's a pretty big guy. When I saw him compared to other fighters at 185 pounds you couldn't be more right the guy is not small so um curious to see where where he ends up uh permanently in the division but uh this is a guy with a lot of skills a lot of confidence um his teammates and the people around him that have seen him train are really high on him uh and i think this is a guy that can really go very far so uh really curious to see how he continues uh, in his ufc career and uh, i know he's kind of um in the middle of dealing with COVID, which is unfortunate, right. but uh, th- this is this is a special fighter who I think is very deserving of this award.
0: It's crazy to a lot of people that Hamza Chimaev already is a betting favorite against Leon Edwards, who is one of the best welterweight fighters in the world. And you mentioned that Hamza Chimaev now dealing with COVID-19, and perhaps to your point about 85 versus 70, if the Leon Edwards fight was at 85 or he was fighting a middleweight contender, you know, maybe he doesn't pull out of the right. fight several weeks out because... He can get the lungs in a better place. But to worry about the weight cut and everything else, he is a big welterweight. And uh, I do think it stands to reason that his long-term future, from a championship perspective, would be at 85. But uh, in terms of Rookie of the Year hardware, got to think a lot of people are going to be handing it out to Hamzat Chimaev. All right, let us now get to my Rookie of the Year for 2020. And we are now joined live, actually, by my selection for 2020 UFC Rookie of the Year. She is women's flyweight contender Miranda Maverick. I know you're headed to church shortly, so we appreciate a few minutes this morning. Congratulations. How are you doing this morning?
3: I'm doing really well. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, the nomination and all that. It's been a really exciting journey to get here.
0: Well, I know your UFC career Has only been five minutes, but there's a lot of layers behind it to just get to that first UFC fight night. Um, But for me, you know, that performance was really as memorable as any UFC rookie performance this year. And I sat in that seat for 25 UFC live events. How did it feel for you to come into the UFC and on a big pay-per-view show put on that type of performance?
3: You know, I said it right after my fight, it really wasn't the best performance I could have put on. That was one round out of the three I had planned on showing off my skills in, but I am glad that I got to show the striking aspect that I had, but had not used as much in the cage before. Um, I think I've showed in Invicta that I have a very strong grappling background and I'm getting to where I mix them together very well and I'm just as confident in my striking. So I was glad I could show the UFC world that and kind of put the flyweight division on notice.
2: So, Miranda, was it more a, a question of, you know, feeling some nerves before the fight? Or you just feel like you you still haven't shown what you can really do in the octagon?
3: Yeah, it was not the nerves. I think it's just I haven't been able to show how well-rounded I am in the octagon. That five minutes wasn't enough time. There wasn't any clinch work. There wasn't cage work. There wasn't groundwork. Um, so everybody just got to see one aspect out of probably, you know, five or six that I have and am strong in. So I wish I would have gotten to show that, but I am very happy with the finish and what I was able to show at the time. The first 45 seconds was a little rough, and I'd say that had a little bit to do with nerves, but after that I finally got my rhythm in, my timing, and got to work.
2: Well, Miranda, it's all your fault for for throwing that insane elbow that you <laughs> threw. I mean, that was that was unbelievable. First of all, you know, I get excited anytime I see an elbow land, but when it lands like that with such ferocity and such accuracy, uh, it, it always impresses me. Is that something you've been working on for a long time? I know you've been sharpening up your Muay Thai, but uh, is that a weapon you, you knew you were, uh, were, were going to unleash in that fight?
3: Uh, not necessarily. You know, I just We have been working it in practice, like adding elbows in, but not exactly out in the open like that. Usually it's more from clinch. And I just saw that she was kind of swinging with her head down a little bit and that I could step in at that angle, and I hit it three times. You know, that third time happened to cut her open, but every time was pretty hard, and I just saw it was a weakness of hers. So I started using it and standing my ground as she would come in, and I ended up getting that slice done and finishing the fight with it.
0: Miranda Maverick with us here on the Anakin Florian Podcast accepting her Rookie of the Year award. So you're still pursuing your Masters <laughs> at Old Dominion. What's the timeline for uh, for finishing that, and how is it sort of impacting your training and your day-to-day right now?
3: Uh, So I should have my master's done by this coming semester, so hopefully May. Um, Then the PhD is actually what I'm seeking. And so I should have my classes for my PhD finished by this coming December. And then, of course, dissertation and research after that. So it might be a couple more years, but as far as physically in school, hopefully just this year. Um, and it is hard, you know, it's hard to keep up with that and training, but I keep pretty disciplined and every day make sure I focus my schedule to where I get in my training and my school stuff and I leave pretty much everything else out.
0: So have you heard anything in terms of a timeline or a next opponent from Mick Maynard or are you just kind of idling waiting for that call to come in
3: right now? I, I'm just waiting for the call. I know that some short notices have been thrown my way and I've taken them. A couple girls have refused. Yeah, yeah. Um, and right now I'm just still waiting. I'm ready to I'm getting to where I'm ready for any short notices, keeping my weight low, staying focused and keeping on training consistently. Um, so I'm just waiting for the call from Mick. Um, I hope before I get a top 10, I can get my pay up to where, you know, I'm making sure. more than they are when they lose when I right. win. So right, right. I'd like to do that before I face some of the top girls, but I'm ready to go in there against any of the opponents. Um I'd also just love to fight Antonina or even Caitlyn Chikagian.
0: I think those would be great matchups and uh, and you're smart to to drop a name every now and then. I'm surprised you're not ranked right now, but I think you understand that You're not flying under the radar when it comes to the fellow contenders. And I think that some of them might have some pause to put their number up in a fight with you. But I got to say, honestly, it was as memorable UFC debut as I witnessed this year. I think your ceiling is very high and we congratulate you on on everything that you've been through just to get to this point. And uh, we wish you the best with the education, with the fighting and uh, looking forward to the encore performance sometime in 2021. Miranda, we appreciate a few minutes this morning.
3: Yeah. Thank you so much. And it has been a long journey, you know, worked my way up every rung of the ladder and I'm so happy to be here. So grateful. Uh, it was my dream and now I'm getting to achieve it.
0: Miranda Maverick have a great Sunday. Stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You too. Thank you. All right. There he is. Miranda. She is, I should say Miranda fear the Maverick. (laughs) It's an incredible story had two retinal detachments that delayed her UFC debut. Doctors said it was trauma-related. They were not picked up on her Invicta FC medical scans, but they were picked up on the UFC medical scans, and then goes out and does that to Liana Joju on her UFC debut. Also won that Invicta FC Phoenix series. Ken Flo won a tournament, three fights in one night. Two of them didn't count as pro wins, but, yeah, man, she's she does it all. Jiu-Jitsu, her first martial art. We know Ken Flo loves that. Miranda Maverick, my selection for 2020 Rookie of the Year. All right. Now we're going to give some love to the coaches as we get to our Robert Fallis Cornerman of the Year, named in honor of the late great Robert Fallis and Ken Flo. There's so many worthy coaches as always. I could list 30 names right now. I think that would actually be a productive exercise. The general safe Saud, Mark Henry, Jason Perillo, but the guy who I thought really emerged this year as one of the best minds and coaches in the sport, Glory MMA Fitness, Kansas City, UFC fighter James Kraus, my selection for 2020 Coach of the Year. He'll also corner Megan Anderson when she challenges Amanda Nunez for the title next year. He has built grand Dawson into a featherweight contender. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I just thought when it comes to James Cross, there were several other UFC success stories in 2020. I also admired Kenny, as you know, the way he handled the aftermath of that Glover Teixeira Anthony Smith fight when he was not the lead corner, when Smith's corner was roundly criticized for their role in kind of letting that fight go on. But I don't know, man, like, you know, you're the guy who I lean on for a lot of the analytics, but I think if I had one amateur fight, James Krauss would be a guy that I would reach out to in advance of it. And uh, I think he has really emerged and uh, maybe it's an outside the box selection, but my 2020 coach of the year is James Krauss. And what's cool about that is also we're, we're kind of seeing that next
2: generation uh, of coach, right? Uh, of the guy who's coming in with a lot of experience, and not only a lot of experience, but a lot of high-level experience. Uh, James Krause has been fighting in the UFC for a long time, and uh, having those kind of fighters emerge and kind of turn into coaches, I think, it is the wave of the future. And uh, you know, because
0: of that, uh, the future is bright for this sport. James Kraus made his MMA debut in 2007. He's kind of a Ken Flo era guy a little bit, and he <laughs> is also cornered, by the way. With the late Robert Follis in the past. So it makes me happy to give James Krause this award in Robert's honor. Uh, Ken Flo, your corner man of the year, Eugene Behrman, correct?
2: That's right. You know, um, again, you know, for for Eugene, it's so impressive what he's done in the UFC. This is not uh, a main hub of mixed martial arts. He's from a small country in New Zealand. There's not a whole lot of people that you can, uh, you know, grab from. Um, You know, the United States, as far as population, uh, greatly outnumbers that of New Zealand. So the fact that he's able to produce So many great fighters and so many champions uh, from that gym Uh, obviously speaks volumes. But, you know, when you're talking about him as an actual cornerman, I love the fact that he's very succinct. He knows exactly what he needs to say. He's great at calming down his fighter fighters in between rounds. Um, He's also brilliant at making the right adjustments in real time during the fight. And that is something that really, for me, keeps him head and shoulders
0: above everybody else. I would also acknowledge Tyson Chartier, who has, you know, get got a lot of pride out of his ability to sort of build a championship-level fight camp in New England. And I know, Ken Flo, in a lot of respects, you were able to do that, but you did have to eventually go to Canada with Farras I know you found right. Sean Gray and some other guys to help you with the wrestling locally, but kind of nice for us Bostonians to see what Tyson has built with Rob Font and Calvin Cater. It's a championship-level fight camp. There's no doubt about it. So. it- no question. And again, you know, uh,
2: Boston didn't have that same kind of reputation as, say, you know, the California scene or, you know, Texas and some of the other areas. And the fact that they've really built up a team and guys that are fighting at a very high level right now it is just awesome to see.
0: All right, 2020 Breakout Star of the Year. I'll be quick on this. For me, it's Hamzat Shimaev. It's just a matter of which award you're giving the guy. Do you want to give him Rookie of the Year? I wasn't going to give him Fighter of the Year necessarily, but do you want to give him Rookie of the Year, Breakout Star of the Year? This award is open to interpretation. For me, few guys made more of an imprint and took their star power to that next level than Hamzat Chimaev. So... He was on nobody's radar, really, at the beginning of the year. And now he is a household name, really, in a lot of respects when it comes to MMA fans. For you, though, I like where where you went with this because I'm not sure that uh, that 2020 was a bigger year overall for any UFC fighter than Davis and Figueredo. And, and as such, he gets your hardware for breakout star of the year.
2: That's right. I went with Figueredo, um, you know, based on the fact that, listen, you know, the guys at 125 pounds, they just don't get a whole lot of love. And this was a division that was talked about. Um, as one that would actually get removed from the UFC at one yeah. point. I think Davison Figueredo uh, is the reason of why we're not seeing it go anywhere uh, for a long time. This is a guy who is extremely exciting, um, earned the championship, uh, you know, in the last year. Uh, and did it in an impressive fashion, was dominant. This kid has some really special physical qualities. He's exciting to watch. He confirmed that in his amazing performance against uh, Moreno. Uh, And obviously, you know, we heard the rumors that he was extremely sick prior to that fight. So when you put that into context, you put it into perspective, you're just like, man, what a savage. Uh, so again, Davidson Figueredo, congratulations. Uh, he's he's a guy who's going to continue to, uh, you know, entertain and uh, possibly be a fighter of the year in the near future.
0: Yeah, and he will be part of that discussion in about 10 minutes as we crown our male fighters of the year for 2020. Now, though, it is time for the 2020 upset of the year, and we begin with Ken Flo's selection. Yeah, John. My pick is
2: Derek Brunson's win over Shabazian. Um, yeah. You know, for for me, I I just I love this fight because you know this was one of those things where I was certainly uh, proven wrong. A lot of other people were proven wrong. Edmund Shabazian was a guy who was. Really streaking at the time was uh, not only winning, but winning impressively and quickly. Uh, And a lot of people said, you know, listen, Derek Brunson, he's a true veteran of the sport. He's a tough guy. Uh, But this is one of those fights really that's kind of made for Shabazzian to look good. uh, And then kind of, uh, you know, he was just a guy on the path to uh, possibly fighting for the belt. Not the case. Derek Brunson looked fired up. He looked ready. He was sharp. And just stormed early and came back and dominated Shabazi. And I thought it was an awesome strategy that he uh, executed. Uh, It was an amazing performance. And it was a reminder to everybody in the sport, do not sleep on Derek Brunson. The guy's got skills and he's improving. He's getting better. So to me, that shows
0: that he is a a true martial artist. And you know how high I was on Edmund Shabazi, and I had suggested on these airwaves at times that maybe you were looking at the best middleweight in the world, and Brunson certainly muted that noise and did so in a really high-profile spot. So uh, no argument for me in terms of your upset of the year. Uh, As far as my upset of the year for 2020, I did go in a different direction because I am contractually obligated to do so.
1: John Anik's 2020 Upset of the Year. Roxanne Mottaferri. How
0: happy is John Wood at Syndicate MMA, right? I'm telling you. And there are going to be a lot of happy gamblers out there that bet on Roxanne Mottaferri at plus 500 or plus 600. Just an incredible situation playing out here in Las Vegas. Macy Barber had visions of being the youngest UFC champion in history, trying better John Jones's book. Boy, a lot of blood now. God, look at that map. I mean, Macy is really, really bleeding badly here. Roxanne Monteferi silencing the naysayers yet again. Soundtrack courtesy UFC Fight Pass. And there were a lot of contenders again for upset of the year, right? I mean, you could talk about Shauna Dobson against Maria Agapova in terms of the betting line. But you had to look far and wide to find anybody that was back in Roxanne Montefiore against the undefeated Macy Barber. And you heard on the telecast, Macy Barber wanted to break John Jones' record to become the youngest champion in UFC history. You know, now she's got a year off dealing with a torn ACL. And if you're Macy Barber, and I love her future, by the way, but if you're Macy Barber, it's almost like walking back into your new life. You think you're unbeatable in a lot of respects, young kid making a charge, and then you get humbled by the happy warrior, Roxanne Monteferi and to ferry's credit, she has taken her career to the next level. She has focused on her strength and conditioning. She has shored up weaknesses. I still believe she needs a pair of contact lenses because she could barely fucking see in there. But Roxanne Monteferi, <laughs> my winner for 2020 upset of the year. All right. Knockout of the year. For me, it was Joaquin Buckley. It was just a matter of which one of us was going to pick his kick against Impa Kasanganai, and I think the fact that he followed it up the way he did with that win over the Beverly Hills Ninja, Jordan Wright, just sweetens the pot, right? And now he's going to turn around. You're going to see him on Fight Island in January. I know it was not a perfect year for Joaquin Buckley. He was certainly beaten by Kevin Holland earlier, but... I just don't know that we're going to see a knockout like this. And uh, in a year that had a lot of competitors in this category, Kevin Holland with a late entry with the knockout of Jacques de Souza. when you're on a show and there are two guys handing out awards, one of us had to hand one to Joaquin Buckley. He gets my trophy, my APA for 2020 knockout of the year. Now let us see who Ken Flo chose because he had to go in a
1: different direction kenny florian's 2020 knockout of the year jordan levitt
3: you're gonna walk him right. over to his corner <laughs> oh wow oh, he's out.
1: that's
2: it jordan levitt slams matt wyman Whoa. out cold seconds into the fight
0: Levitt went up to his wife to pay respects that just shows you the kind of man that he really is audio from ufc fight pass can't flow matt wyman's eyes go cross-eyed this knockout was as incredible. I was not there for the Buckley Kasanganai highlight. So this was the best knockout that I saw in person in 2020 without question.
2: I got to say, you know, listen, th- this was not only brutal, but it was from a position where we see a lot of guys get taken down and, you know, that are kind of in that closed guard position in the standing position, uh, get slammed on their back or on their head. And they're totally fine. Jordan Levitt, uh, was very tactical in the way that he did it uh, for a couple different reasons. You know, as you go towards the outer edges of the mat, of the, uh, of the octagon, it tends to be a little harder. There's not as much give uh, as there is in the center of the octagon. So to me, it indicated a, a certain amount of intelligence that he knew exactly what he was trying to do. And the viciousness in which he whipped him down to the ground, dude, yeah. was just so impressive. Uh, And Matt Wyman's been around the game for a long time, man. It's not like he wanted to get knocked out. He knew what was happening. He thought he was going to be fine. Yep. But nah, Jordan Levitt just Not
0: fine. He was not fine.
2: He he was not fine, man. What a knockout. Absolutely
0: brutal. And I really want to see more from this kid. He's very intriguing to me. Oh, I agree. And it is interesting because Matt Wyman kind of smirked on the way down. Like, been here before, and the next (laughs) thing you know, his eyes are trying to go different ways on his brain. Not a great Uh, way to go out for Matt Wyman, but. But what a way to make a UFC debut, by the way, for Jordan Levitt. Absolutely incredible. And as such, he gets Ken Flo's trophy for knockout of the year. All right, that's it for the knockouts. Now we get to Kenny Florian's Submission of the Year. Kenny Florian's
1: 2020 Submission of the Year. Al Jermaine Sterling. Oh. And this is where Al likes oh, has got
2: his back. He loves the early. backpack. Now he's, oh, he's under the chin. Now he's tight. He's under oh, no, He's, over. he's oh, over. Joe, it's over. He's, he's over. Over. He's he's over. over. he's going to sleep. He's going to go to sleep.
3: he's, he's
1: going to go to sleep. Come on. Come on. He's going to tap. Oh, oh, he's going to tap. joe rogan that that was an exclamation I mean, point on talk the top about of a, statement. a statement by uh, al- sterling well we knew a contender was gonna rise and that contender's name is al yeah, sterling win. you look for the new guy when the guy's been Woo. right there the whole time what a performance uh, well
0: you want to talk about stating a case for a title shot that man's competing for the title he came in with the number two next to his name looked a whole lot like the number one contender tonight Audio courtesy UFC Fight Pass. Kevin what else can you say? The stakes of that fight and how quickly it ended. Aljamain Sterling, your submission of the year for 2020. Uh, This is another
2: one where I was proven wrong. You know, San Hagen uh, was looking phenomenal up until that point. His striking is on point. Did you see what he did to the former champion, Marlon Moraes, by the way, in his last fight? And Aljamain Sterling, for me, went out there and executed a flawless performance when he needed to. And that, to me, is special. Um, you know, for me, I, I always, uh, you know, really admired the performance of an assassin, a guy who was able to get in. You don't even know what happened. By the time you figure it out, he's gone. He went in, he submitted Sanhagen, he put him to sleep, and he left without really right. breaking a sweat. Yeah. To me, that is a high-level com- competitor. And it's what led to Aljamain Sterling getting that shot at the belt. So uh, there was a lot, you know, you talk about the stakes and everything. Just uh, amazed by by the performance and by the clean
0: rear naked choke. And back at the host hotel, showered hands unwrapped before the main event had even begun that night. <laughs> right. Incredible night for Aljo. And, of course, he spins it forward with a title shot. Likely first quarter of 2021. Submission of the year for me, Mackenzie Dern over Hannah Cyphers. First round knee bar. First woman to finish a fight by any form of leg lock in UFC history. Performance of the night bonus. She bonused her next fight as well. So Mackenzie Dern gets the nod from me for submission of the year. All right, now we acknowledge our late friend Adam snacks as we present one of the biggest awards on this program, the 2020 Adam Snacks-Geller Male Fighter of the Year.
1: John Annex, 2020 Male Fighter of the Year. Jan Lahovic. Ah!
2: light heavyweight
1: champion Jan Blachowicz. John Jones, where are you? Don't be a quitter. I'm here. This is how we do it in Poland. Polish power! I'm waiting for you.
0: Alright, UFC fight pass on the courtesy there. Jan Blachowicz, my 2020 fighter of the year. So, I'm surprised he didn't get more acknowledgement when it comes to the year-end hardware. And when we did our poll, right, we had four slots on Twitter. Davison and Figueredo got 45.4% of the vote. Khabib Nurmagomedov, 25.3% of the vote. Israel Adesanya, 22.2% of the vote. And Jan Bohovic coming in last, 7.1% of the vote. Overwhelming majority of our fans believe Kevin Holland is the fighter of the year. Okay? Male fighter of the year, I should say. For me, though, here's the thing. You can make a case for and against most of these guys. I don't quite know what the case against Jan Blachowicz is. You can say, yeah, he beat Dominic Reyes and not John Jones for the title, but he goes into Rio Rancho New Mexico as an underdog and starches Corey Anderson with John Jones front and center watching. Then he goes and destroys Dominic Reyes as an underdog again to win the light heavyweight title. So I felt like the conversation should begin with Jan Blachowicz. Davis and Figueredo, great choice, popular choice among our fans, but he didn't have a perfect year, right? Missed weight once, had a draw in a fight. Like, to me, you got to at least be undefeated, right? So And then somebody would make an argument against Khabib even, Kenny, Right. And they would say, you know, he only fought once and it was a win over a guy in Justin Gaethje who's four and three in his last seven fights, right? So right. you can make a case for and against most of these guys. I mean, how do you not give Israel Adesanya this award for what he was able to do against Joel Romero and then, of course, Paulo Costa? But for me, where Jan Bohovic was in January, February compared to where he is now in 2021, Jan Bohovic is my fighter of the year. Uh, couldn't agree more. Listen, I, I thought he did an amazing job uh, of really
2: revamping his offense and defense over the last couple of years. Um, you know, and uh, the fact that he has improved his striking and his grappling like he has, I think, is a testament to him uh, as a professional. Uh, And the fact that he was able to win the championship in the manner that he did uh, against a guy, in Dominic Reyes, who was uh, a pretty decent favorite in that fight, I I thought was really impressive. So I like that pick, John. Not bad. Not bad at all, man. And and You got to talk. You you know, for me, I think you got to you got to inject the the quality of competition and the high level competition. It's not just
0: about how many wins are that are undefeated, but you've got to talk about the stakes and the quality of competition. Well, right, and I think if you were to make a case against Kevin Holland, who had a huge year and went 5-0, and oh, you know, he felt like the performance against Darren Stewart was lackluster. He was very upset with himself after the fact, and you're right, not fighting a, a championship level schedule, per se, I think is going to hurt him in some respects, but certainly no argument from me if somebody wants to give Kevin Holland a trophy. Right. And a little insight into the end of the uh, Jan Blachowicz fight, it was one of the calls I was more proud of on the year because I never I never think about what I'm going to say, uh, but I, I felt like sort of Poland, your guy got it done, just popped into my head, and I felt like it kind of was was the right capstone for the moment, as humbly as I can say that. Um, so, Jan Buhowicz, my fighter of the year. Let us hear who Ken Flo chose in a very crowded group for 2020 fighter of the year.
1: Kenny Florian's 2020 male fighter of the year. Khabib Nurmagomedov. He's beaten guys who have
0: belts, right? Interim champions, and just making it look easy. He really went
2: about it the right way. He got himself a bunch of experience before he went to the UFC. He slowly worked his way up, um, fought everybody there was to fight, gained a ton of experience. Um, you know, consistently would get better and improve himself. Uh, and then when he had that opportunity to position himself as a championship contender, um, all he did was get better and shine and shine. And that—that and that is just, you know, the best way to sum up Habib Nurmagomedov. The guy is uh, a phenom. Uh, it's been amazing to see what he's done. We called his first fight in the UFC against yeah. Kamal Shalarus and. Uh, man, what a a ride. What a pleasure it was to see that guy's whole career in the UFC.
0: I don't know if that's a wig or a a hat. I don't know. uh... (laughs) Isn't that amazing, right? All the way back in January of 2012 in Nashville, Tennessee. So, Ken Flo, five of the UFC's eight male champions competed only one time in 2020, but Khabib Nurmagomedov, big picture, did enough to, to get your trophy for this year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of want to paint the picture a little bit and kind of explain why. Listen, he only had one fight. But when you look at the fact that Habib Nurmagomedov uh, was facing who a lot of people believed Uh, was going to be one of the toughest matchups for him. Justin Gaethje coming from that wrestling background, uh, hitting as hard as he does, uh, having the kind of confidence and momentum he did coming into that fight after destroying Tony Ferguson, a guy who was uh, on an amazing streak, um, I I thought was extremely impressive. He went out there, uh, choked him out, Uh, In dominant fashion. And he did that with the backdrop of his father passing away. The very first coach that he's ever known, the biggest and best mentor that he's ever had in his life, dealing with all of those things uh, and all the circumstances uh, surrounding that fight of getting it moved and having to go here and there and all that stuff that was going around in that year. Um, I mean, what a tumultuous year for him. And the fact that he was able to pull it together, train for that fight, and win a fight against a very dangerous opponent, Justin Gaethje, was extremely impressive. And guess what? He he finished his career undefeated at 29-0. and 0. How many guys can we say that about in the UFC who
0: have become a champion? Well put. And an absolutely just acknowledgement of Khabib Nurmagomedov, Kenflo's 2020 Fighter of the Year. Sorry, my son's preschool teacher just texted me. He starts school tomorrow, so I'm kind of freaking out because dad duty, my wife's going to work, so uh was a little distracted there. But Khabib Nurmagomedov and Jan Bohovic are getting the hardware for us. And again, Davison and Figueredo, no problem if that's your guy. I did penalize him a little bit because of the draw. And again, for me... My criteria, the way I approach this, is sort of like an ESPY. I start with the champions, you know, and right. maybe that's against my better judgment, but that's sort of the way I approach it. So. And one other thing, is there a bigger is there a
2: bigger name as a champion right now than Habib Nurmagomedov? I mean, who brings in the most amount of pay-per-views? It's, it's Habib, you know, right. and the fact that he defeated Conor the way that he did, all that stuff.
0: But um, I don't know. Maybe we see him again, John. Maybe we see him again. We shall see. But that is it for the Adam Snacks Geller Male Fighter of the Year. Let's shine some spotlights now on the women and our female fighters of the year.
1: Kenny Florian's 2020 Female Fighter of the Year, Valentina Shevchenko.
2: I knew that she's going to be tough. I watched her previous fight, and I knew that it's going to be something really, 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 really certain or very, very super heavy, make her fall. But uh, that, uh, how I said, she's tough, she's good fighter. Now it's a terrible position. still the best of the world by a mile!
3: Power,
0: woman power. Valentina Shevchenko audio, courtesy UFC Fight Pass. A great selection, Ken Flo. She was who I chose on the UFC's Best of 2020, the only women's champion to successfully defend two times in 2020, and she certainly remains the standard by which all women's flyweights will be judged. Valentina Shevchenko, your 2020 Female Fighter of the Year.
2: She may not have the biggest name or uh, might not be the most exciting uh, women's champion out there, Uh, But to me, she's so fundamentally sound, um, and she really has exhibited that she doesn't have many weaknesses, if any. And she's always training. She's always traveling around. She's a true martial artist, uh, and I just love her focus and her ability to execute when she needs to. Uh, She makes very few mistakes. Um, She's a true assassin. I love that about her. Um, and I think she's going to be champion for a very long time. For me, it's
0: Valentina Shevchenko in that division and then everybody else. That's how good she is. And I don't love the fact that she seems to get penalized because she has been so dominant. Just because you're a minus 1,000 favorite against Jennifer Maya, and it was actually probably twice that price, but you still got to go through fight week in the training camp and put yourself in position to make the weight and perform on fight night. And not unlike Floyd Mayweather, she has very rarely been flat on fight night when she has to get her body in prime position she is able to do so and valentina shevchenko is ken flow's 2020 female fighter of the year let's see who i chose cody i actually forget who'd i go with
1: john annex 2020 female fighter of the year amanda nunez there is no doubt, you are the greatest female
0: fighter of all time. We could go 10 fives tonight. At this pace, John. Still trying to get Spencer
1: out of there, another takedown. But important for me go to five rounds, because I'm tired of here, like, Amanda cannot go to five rounds. I'm I st- stop dying, everybody.
2: Only depend on, on eyes to change this world, you know. Let's get together and make this party, uh a better place soon. Let's do this. I know we can.
0: Audio there from UFC Fight Pass. Amanda Nunes, my female fighter of the year. And there are so many different layers to this singular win over Felicia Spencer. But I did fly back with her head coach, Conan Silvera, after the fact. and And by the way, this was a 50 to 41 type fight. It was total domination. And one thing that Conan said to me about their preparation and the extent to which he has Amanda totally locked in, that if she makes a mistake, we will capitalize and finish her. But if she doesn't make that glaring mistake then we're okay going 25 minutes and accruing that experience. We're not going to force the issue with Felicia Spencer. And the result was essentially five, 10, eight rounds. Amanda Nunez was in a wheelchair at the airport. Her legs were completely destroyed. I think people minimize these training camps and these title fights upon title fights and everything that encompasses them can flow. I know you had three championship training camps of the UFC and, Maybe this is sort of a big picture body of work award for Amanda Nunes for me, but I just love the way she approached the Felicia Spencer challenge, didn't force the issue, and uh, unfortunately wasn't able to get another title defense in against Megan Anderson. But uh, I start these conversations with the champion and Amanda Nunes is my 2020 Female Fighter of the Year. All right, just a few more trophies to hand out. Let us get to the 2020
1: Fights of the Year. John Annex 2020 Fight of the Year. Zhang Wei Li versus Joanna Junjacek.
0: Oh boy, Woo. here we go, baby. UFC Strawweight Championship, Joanna Junjacek trying to become a two-time divisional champion here at 115 pounds. And what an opportunity, of course, for Zhang Wei Li.
2: You're looking at two of the best strikers in the UFC, regardless
0: of gender. That one appeared to really stun Zhang Wei Li. You see the body strikes for the former champion. Oh, my goodness. Well, Yolanda suggested this was going to be the greatest strawweight title fight in UFC history. And...
1: I think it already is. Oh, oh it's swelling on Shawn Wei Oh, my God. Knee from the Oh, look top. at her forehead now. This oh, is crazy. Oh, oh, back, back oh, this sleep for Io Jacek. And a counter right from Shawn Wei Wow,
2: what, oh, what a, a fight. the greatest fight in women's mixed martial arts history
0: as predicted by the former what? champion Joanna
1: uh, check She just looked over at Dana White and made the money thing.
0: Well, that's how it sounded on pay-per-view. And it's amazing to think that we actually had a few fights later in the year that actually opened up this conversation, right? I mean, I thought after the first 10 minutes of Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier that jong Wei Li and Ioana Young-Jacek were being unseated. But Ioana had this premonition that this fight was just going to be absolutely insane back and forth. You had the visual of you know, jaceks forehead by the end of it. And certainly know, jacek had her moments, but that was the best fight that I called in 2020, and with respect to the late entry from Figueredo and Moreno, I almost gave them the nod, but for me, Ken Flo, and I know for a lot of people out there, Zhang Li and Ioana Jacek put on a show that's just going to be hard for, I think, any women's title fight to duplicate in the near future.
2: Uh, It it was an amazing uh, recipe, right? I mean, it had all the ingredients uh, as far as you know the 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 drama, of back and forth, uh, the fact that these guys were just standing there uh, and landing some huge shots on each other, the damage that these women were putting on each other, um, the fact that it went the full the full twenty five minutes, twenty five minutes of yeah. that. Does do human beings actually know what one round of that entails? <laughs> the fact that they were able to go twenty five minutes was just unbelievable. They truly showed how tough they are. Uh, those two are, are two champions in my book,
0: and uh, it was an amazing fight. I would encourage any athlete out there who is not a combat sports athlete to try with, like, lacrosse helmets and lacrosse gloves to do one five-minute round and tell me <laughs> how you it feel
2: afterwards.
0: Hit back for five minutes. All right, so that was my selection for fight of the year. Ken Flo, I know this was hard for you, right? I mean, Marvin Vittori and Jack Hermanson and – any number of different fights. Even your guy Alan Joban was involved in one of the yes. better fights of the year, Shane Burgos versus Josh Emmett. But let us hear where Ken Flo ultimately landed for his 2020 Fight of the Year.
1: Kenny Florian's 2020 Fight of the Year, Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno.
0: For the flyweights, Davison Figueiredo and Brandon Moreno go the 25 minute distance. What a fight. What a moment, what a fight. Oh,
1: oh, oh, Oh,
2: oh,
0: oh. oh it's hurt, oh, oh, no. he he again!
1: Oh, my goodness, oh, man! They're t- oh, my goodness.
0: Moreno's fought the war of attrition. Oh. oh, right hand! That left hand couldn't have felt good. Moreno trying to add to it here. Figaretto back the- oh. oh, oh, oh! This is crazy, Anik, I mean. Man, we need that rematch. We I need agree. that range, I, I think so, you know, for the pan. I mean, for me, for Figueiredo, for the fans, for everybody. And for, just for
2: the sport. I mean, it's, it's for the sport, of course. The greatest fight in the flyweight division's history. I agree with
1: Dana.
0: I mean, what else can you say? That shit was fucking bananas, Ken Flo. Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno fight to a draw. And I know my colleague, Brett Okamoto, when we did the post show afterwards, wasn't necessarily first in line for an immediate rematch. And I'm thinking, man, Brett and I almost always agree. But I'm thinking, dude, how do you not run it back right away? Uh, Ken Flo, as good a fight as any in 2020. And, of course, our final pay-per-view main event of the year, your fight of the year.
2: Uh, Listen, Brandon Moreno was right uh, in his post-fight speech. I want to see the rematch. So I I think that is something that is definitely going to happen. Uh, We deserve it. I think uh, Moreno deserves it. Those guys put on a performance that was just unbelievable. You know, I I think the thing for me of what did it, was the fact that not only was it amazing on the feet, it was amazing on the ground as well. And we didn't see that in the Young Jacek and uh, uh, Zhang Wei Lee fight. But, you know, uh, either way, two amazing fights. But the fact that we saw a a mixed martial arts contest that took place in every part of that octagon, for me, just put it over the top. What a fight. And, man, did they end off the year right with that one. That was insane.
0: And there have been some rumblings that there could be some UFC co-main events that are scheduled for five rounds in right. 2021. There are live production and other issues that come along with that suggestion. But if Shane Burgos and Josh Emmett was 25 minutes, then I think it withstands the test of time in this conversation. But it is hard when you have 15 versus 25, right? Like Hermanson and Vittori, hugely boosted by the fact that that fight was 25 and not 15. It allows for that back and forth Hermansen to get back in the fight and everything else. All right. couple more awards to go. Now we get to Ken Flo's selection for the In Octagon Post-Fight Interview of the Year.
1: Kenny Florian's 2020 In Octagon Post-Fight Interview of the Year. Walt Harris. I want to say thank you, uh, first and foremost, to the UFC. Um, they've been amazing through this whole process. Uh, my wife and my family and I are so grateful. Um, we owe you guys everything, man. Thank you so much. Dana, uh, everybody, Mick. Uh, Hunter, everybody, uh, all the way down to the equipment people. I'm so grateful to you guys. Um, um, And then lastly, I want to thank my community. Homewood, I love you guys. I'm sorry I didn't get the W for you tonight, but uh, you've been there for my family and I through everything, and I'm so grateful. And then lastly, to the fans. Um, I know y'all couldn't be in here, but y'all at home watching. I'm sorry. I'll be back better, I promise you. You ain't seen the last of the big ticket. I'm going to go home, recover. I'm going to heal emotionally and physically, and I promise you I'll be better. Walt
0: Walt Harris, Harris,
3: everyone.
2: Let's let's hear it for this
1: man. man.
0: What a moment there for Walt Harris. And if you don't know the story, he lost his daughter, Anaya Blanchard. She was brutally murdered late in 2019. And Ken Flo, when he fought Alexander Volkov at UFC 254 in October of this year, this year, a year later, he was still going home to, to bury Anaya in November of 2020, and I think that was lost on a lot of people. I don't know how he's been able to compete. I know there have been a lot of mental hurdles, but uh, I appreciate you acknowledging Walt in what had to be a, a very emotional moment after that Alistair fight earlier in the year.
2: You know, as difficult as it is competing inside the octagon, um, it, it's cliche to say, but the, the, our toughest battles happen outside of uh, the octagon, and... Um, just the things that life throws our way and who could have expected something like that to, to happen to any family. And, you know, being a dad myself and hearing that story and, you know, seeing the, the, you know, the amazing interviews leading up to that fight. And then, you know, the fight during the fight where Walt almost won, almost knocked out over him right. and then, you know, how the tide turned and then hearing him in that interview in the post fight speech, it was just like, we had seen much of, of course, we haven't seen uh, the whole story, but we saw what this guy has been through over the last year. And it's just heartbreaking, man. And uh, to see that come out in such class and such, um eloquence and to be able to verbalize yeah. all those things and to thank all those people. Um, I can't imagine how difficult that was just to go out there and compete. So for me, um, you know, I, I know I, I definitely shed some tears, uh, hearing that. Uh, and you know, I, I also love that that was one of those moments and one of those experiences where the whole mixed martial arts community, the whole UFC uh, came to really support that guy and his family uh, when they needed it most. And um, uh, again, that is something that uh, I can't imagine. Walt Harris has been one of the nicest guys that I've met in this sport. Uh, so for me, that that definitely was, was the highlight for me.
0: Yeah, man. In the down moments, you really do see the overwhelming strength of this MMA community. And I know Walt Harris and his family have certainly felt that support and that love. All right. Well, I wanted to give my award to Platinum Mike Perry, who certainly uh, provided a memorable back and forth with me a few months ago. But for me, this was a no doubter for 2020 in Octagon post fight interview
1: of the year. John Annix, 2020 in Octagon post fight interview of the year Habib's retirement. UFC 254.
0: The number one pound for pound fighter in the world, 29-0, Khabib Nurmagomedov. The world is in awe of your greatness once again. Today, I want to say this:
1: it was my last fight, and no way I'm gonna come here without my father. I talked with my father, my, my mother. Three days, she don't want I go fight without father, but I promise her it's gonna be my last fight, and if I give my word. I have to follow this. It was my last fight here. I know only one thing, what I want from UFC Tuesday. You guys have to put me on number one pound for pound fighter in the world.
0: You have left an indelible imprint on this sport, and we congratulate you as you walk away 29-0. There's only one Khabib Nurmagomedov. We wish you a safe trip home, and uh, we look forward to your UFC Hall of Fame induction in a few years. Congratulations.
1: Thank you so much. DC, I love
0: you, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, the undisputed UFC lightweight champion, Khabib Nurmagomedov. And that is how it sounded back in October. UFC 254, audio courtesy at UFC Fight Pass. As Khabib Nurmagomedov walks away from the sport of mixed martial arts competitively, seemingly for good? I don't know. But listening to those comments, again, pretty convicted in his response. And again, that was uh, a special moment to be a small part of. But a lot of us were very surprised to see him trying to get those gloves off quickly. Uh, immediately after that win over Justin Gaethje. But I think big picture, we just have so much respect for this athlete and this man and for what he was able to accomplish over the course of his eight-year UFC career, but particularly in 2020 with all of the adversity. uh, Khabib retiring at UFC 254, uh, my post-fight interview of the year. All right, just four quick awards to hand out on the way out of here. First, though, listen up, fellas. We know 2020 was not ideal, but it's a new year, and it is time to get your shit together especially when it comes to your package. Our sponsor, Manscaped, can help you with that. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of unwanted hair you know where. So if maybe hygienically you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here now for you so you can kind of reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Thankfully, last year, with all of its trials and tribulations, was the year I was introduced to the Lawnmower 3.0. Skin safe trimmer with that ceramic blade I talk about. I take it with me to Fight Island, and I guarantee you this thing will reduce nicks and cuts to your two best friends. Third generation also has a light on it as well, which is more useful than you may think. Manscaped also with a lot more products in addition to the Lawnmower 3.0, including the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray all part of the perfect package from Manscaped to give you all the right tools for the job and a fresh start in 2021. So get 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash AF. No promo code required. That is 20% off with free shipping. And all you got to do is go to manscaped.com slash AF. Happy New Year to your stones.
1: Kenny Florian's 2020 Moment of the Year. Adesanya defeating Costa. Again, yeah, Adesanya yeah. putting in good work
0: on that lead leg of Costa. Oh, brilliant. Adesanya in an outstanding striking flow early, moving brilliantly. First clinch situation doesn't last very long.
3: And is he looking really sharp here? Oh!
0: at the undisputed greatest middleweight in the world at present, the champion remains Israel Adesanya. God, it's so weird capping these post-fight interviews to silence. I mean, God, (laughs) I can't wait to have the fans back. UFCfightpass.com for the audio there. And Kenny, I'm so glad, and again, you're the smartest guy on the show by a fucking mile, right? But for you to acknowledge this singular moment as the biggest of the year for you, because I do believe singularly this might have been the biggest win of 2020. Given the anticipation, right, for this fight between Israel Adesanya and Paolo Costa, and given how one-sided it was, I know you didn't give Adesanya your 2020 Fighter of the Year, but you found a trophy for him in the end. That's right. Yeah, I, I believe I gave it to him
2: last year. You uh, did. Th- this year, you know, he was certainly in the running. Uh, this is a guy that, uh, for me, uh, you know, him and Wonderboy and Connor Uh, are are the best strikers in the world, okay? And when you see Adesanya just running away with it against guys that are number one, number two contenders in the world and making it look easy, uh, Costa was supposed to be the guy. Costa was supposed to be the dude that was going to be in his face, that was going to pressure him, that could knock him out. That didn't even materialize in the least bit. It was all Adesanya all the time. Uh, and the way that he did it was just phenomenal. This dude, is a, this dude is another assassin uh, who makes it look easy, who is going to have that belt at 185 pounds for a very long time. Now looking for a challenge at 205 pounds, possibly heavyweight now. Uh, the guy is that good. I love to see it. Uh, he's he's a unique individual who expresses himself. Uh, you know, you could see it in the way that he fights. So uh, Adesanya is a, a special fighter, special human being, and uh, for me, that was the the moment of the year. The, his dominant win over
0: over Costa. I love it. Most memorable moment of the year for me could have actually been just that first return to normalcy in Jacksonville, taking that first COVID test and doing that first live event. But for me, most memorable was our first trip to Fight Island in July. And a big part of that whole experience, if you may recall, was Jorge Gamebred Masvidal stepping in on short notice. Kamar Usman had cracked a beer because Gilbert Burns was out of the fight, had yet to sip the beer, and he gets a text message that Masvidal was in, and and the fight and the pay-per-view was preserved. But just a crazy personal professional experience going to Fight Island back in July, and uh, that takes the cake for me. All right, most likely non-champion right now in the UFC to be champion in 2021. This is obviously predictive in nature, so for me as a play-by-play guy, I'm going to abstain, but... Which non-champion right now, Ken Flo, who does not have one of those shiny new UFC belts at home, do you think at some point in 2021 is going to win a UFC title? Uh, This one was a tough one, uh, but I ended up
2: going with Aljamain Sterling. I I think it's hard to deny that guy Uh, at this point. I I love the way he matches up against Jan. Um, I think that uh, he's been doing everything right. His development as a mixed martial artist has been very impressive. He's only gotten better and I think he's poised right now to to take that belt. I think he's in a wonderful position. Unfortunately, we weren't able to see that fight, uh, but uh, it looks like that fight's going to be rescheduled, or it has been rescheduled. Do we have any information on that, John?
0: We do not have anything okay. concrete for you, but I think we're all hopeful that uh, before April Fool's Day, they will lock the door behind those cool. guys. All right, so dream matchup now for 2021. So, when we were going through the nominations a couple of weeks ago, I suggested Hamza Chimaev versus Colby Covington, which Ooh. was suggested by one of our listeners. That that fight is unbelievably epic for me on paper. But I'm going to change my tune. Okay. Because the Chimaev-Edwards fight went away, that's my dream matchup right now for 2021. I have such an appetite to see that fight and to really see if Hamza Chimaev can fucking cash as a two-to-one favorite against Leon Edwards, whom I think the world of. So even though I wasn't scheduled to call that fight, I'm bitterly disappointed that it went away. So for me, dream matchup for 2021, it's either Chimaya versus Edwards or Chimaya versus Colby Covington. But Hamza, Hamza, a part of any dream matchup for me in 2021. And for you, Ken Flo, this is interesting. Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov in a rematch. Yeah, that's right. You know, listen,
2: I I think when you look at the Gaethje fight uh, against Khabib Nurmagomedov, I think we all kind of had a, a much different appreciation for Conor McGregor's performance uh, against Habib Nurmagomedov, especially given the fact that uh, he had, you know, supposedly broken his foot in that fight. And I think he probably did because we didn't see him kick like he normally does. So to me, I think it's still fascinating. I still think that Conor is the only guy who has the best chance of taking out Habib Nurmagomedov. Can he? I don't know. I don't think he has the grappling skills Uh, uh from what I've seen so far, that can stop someone like Habib Nurmagomedov. But I tell you what, it's intriguing enough to me that I would love to see that fight again. I also think, uh, maybe I don't think. I, I I know that's the biggest fight that UFC can put together at this point. I, I think that if you put those two stars, who are the biggest in the UFC, together again, it will deliver. I think it will be an even better fight than we saw the first time around. Uh, and I can watch those guys kind of go at it uh,
0: again and again. So that, yeah, for me, that's like the that. fight. I like that. You're pretty thoughtful with your selections here, this <laughs> year. Temple. I give you a lot of credit. Final category, hottest male and female fighter of the year. Ken Flo and I used to make selections on this. Now we kind of leave it up to the fans. It seemed as though the hottest female fighter, according to our listeners and viewers, was Mackenzie Dern. Hottest male fighter, a lot of competition there. Some late nominations for Ilya Topuria and Randy Costa, the Zohan I don't know. Or is it Did Zohan I sneak Zohan? in
2: there? Did I get any uh, Oh, voc- there's no doubt. Okay. There's no
0: right. doubt. Just make, it sure. I mean, Just make it, it sure. And I also think you have to have an attractive wife to win this award, right? Have to have an attractive <laughs> wife to win this award because that means that the people who really matter think that you're attractive. And, and certainly uh, you qualify when it comes to that. All right. Before we get on out of here time for the pick to click. Cody Merrow doesn't look like you're going to beat me on the National Football League slate here in 2020 or 2021 as we move into the postseason next week. But week 17 we need a selection for the viewers. Still a lot on the line of course our executive producer Cody Merrow. Who do you have in week 17? Well, uh, you know, once again fade at your own peril or I guess huh. play at your own peril. The Vikings minus three against Detroit. Detroit's trash. They're in the bottom three in every uh, defensive uh, uh, category. So I just, I'm going with this one, even though Dalvin Cook is sitting this one out. I yeah. just don't think there's any way the Vikings lose to the Lions, so that's a pick. Yeah, I think Minnesota puts up a 30-burger, at least, on Detroit today. I'll probably back you there. For me, it's the Tennessee Titans on the road at the Houston Texans. I know you're laying seven with Tennessee. We'll see if Derrick Henry can hit a big number and somehow rush for 2,000 yards this year. But much bigger picture, Tennessee needs to win to win the AFC South, so... I don't love save. I don't love necessarily having to lay seven on the road, but I do think that as I'm trying to identify potential blowouts, it could be Tennessee at Houston. I'll lay the seven on the road. I think Tennessee gets it done in a big way today. All right, thank you all for indulging us for the sixth annual 2020 AFPA Awards. We are right back with you next Monday, January 11th. The UFC will begin its 2021 slate on Fight Island. So we'll preview UFC fight night: Holloway versus Cater and get you primed for what we hope will be the UFC's first fight night live on ABC January 16th. With that, we thank Cody Merrill for putting this award show together. For Ken Flo, I'm John Ann, Thank you all for listening, for watching, for subscribing. Happy New Year. Don't text and drive. We'll talk to you in less than seven days. Until then, you'll later. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So when you are at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel a touch overwhelmed. Perhaps you're not showing up the way that you would like to. I can certainly relate. You know, there's a phrase in the song, there's no business like show business. And it says there's no people like show people. They smile when they are low. And for me, being in the public eye has been challenging, at least in terms of always projecting happiness when perhaps that's not how I'm feeling. Well, whatever your situation, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you, and when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws your way. For me, it's imperative that I'm my best self in order to just perform at a high level. And when I don't feel that way, BetterHelp is a great option and a great resource for therapy. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. That gets you matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch out anytime for no additional charge if you're not happy. For me, I'm on the road about 100 a years, so being able to connect with someone remotely was absolutely huge for me. And my mindset really candidly has changed for the better. So if you want to live a more empowered life, Therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelpcom Florian today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. dot com/slash
3: Hello, I am Dr. George Jesus Mesa, a clinical psychologist and collector of Chicano Latinx art. For generations, we have known of the healing powers of art at an individual and community level. Please join us as we interview prominent artists, collectors, curators, and influencers in the world of Chicano Latinx art. We will explore historical, regional, and political influences that impact Chicano Latinx art today. Along with our partners at www.latinoarte.com, we are preserving the colorful and rich history of Chicano Latinx art for future generations, one interview at a time. Please join us at Healing with Dr. George, the power of Chicano Latinx art, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started.